I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, Please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. I'm your host, CEO Chuck Sexton, and today I am joined by our majority shareholder. We want to call it shareholder or just majority owner. There's no shares, really. <laughs> yeah, I guess that. What, what, what are, I go by a lot of names. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully they're all good, except the ones spoken in dark corners. Um, it's Chad, Chad Chancellor is here with me, and uh, something happened yesterday. I wanted to pull him onto the podcast to talk about it. Uh, you got a new YouTube channel about sports and the keto diet, and Josh Finn shared it on Facebook, I saw. So, like, economic developers are finding it even though you aren't promoting it to them at all. Are you serious about the channel? Yes, I am. So, what, Josh, uh, so I've started a YouTube sports channel, and I'm also going to do the keto diet on there. We get into that here in a minute. And uh, Josh Finn found it because I was complaining about Tom Brady. They called a rough in the passer on Tom Brady. That was horrible. Every pundit says it and basically gave Tampa Bay the game instead of Atlanta. Well, Josh Finn is a huge Atlanta Falcons fan. So even though I'm not targeting economic developers, he found it and put it on his Facebook. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, yes, I am serious about that. You know, uh, in 2017, uh, when I did the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program, when I did that, Goldman Sachs talked a lot about working on the business, not in the business as the owner, owning multiple businesses. I never conceived of that before. I mean, growing up, I didn't have any entrepreneurs in my family. You know, all my family were employees just working for one company at a time. And that's just flat out the way I thought. I never, when we started Next Move Group, I just always assumed I would be the CEO of Next Move Group for 30 years. And, and that's what I would do. Goldman Sachs broadened my thinking. And, uh, and, and that really was their mission with that 10,000 small businesses program. I, th- I think they figure the more businesses successful entrepreneurs start, the more folks they end up hiring, the more revenue they create, tax revenue. It makes sense, you know. So th- their program was really designed to scale the business you have and get you to thinking about, are there other businesses you want to own? And that got me, five years ago, that got me to thinking about that. And I never really knew what it would be. 
Well, when we started the movement in these videos and we started our YouTube channel for economic development, the videos that people liked the most were when I would have a sports ranch or talk about losing the weight on the keto diet. So I got to thinking maybe there's something there. And uh, anyway, it, when the Saints season started, the Saints started the first game and won at the buzzer on a, a tremendous game. I got on YouTube and did a show. It started me a channel that day. I really hadn't thought a lot about it. started me a channel that day. I just looked because my niece's husband's here. We were visiting. And uh, I started it on September the 11th. Today's October the 11th. I put out a video about the Saints. And now I've got 262 subscribers a month later. My videos have been watched 8,700 times, 306 watch hours. And that's the statistics as of today. And I think I've only put out about 10 videos. So, so I can suddenly see now how to monetize this. Well, Mississippi State is having a tremendous football season. So I did a video on Mississippi State Saturday. And a man reached out to me yesterday who owns a product. And he said, can I sponsor my product on your show? So I, I'm about to already have my first sponsor, you know, a month, a month later. So yes, I'm very, very serious about it. Uh, but it, it all goes back to really what Goldman Sachs taught me. They opened my eyes, which is why, frankly, you and I are here. Before we did the Goldman Sachs program, it was me and Alex. We didn't have employees, nothing. And our business has scaled since then to four, four times revenue, which is why I believe so much in it. And, uh, so, yeah, in, in, in a funny way, Goldman Sachs is behind me starting a silly channel about the New Orleans Saints and, uh, and Mississippi State football. Well, I think it's a fun channel. I mean, uh, as soon as you did your first one, you know I do fantasy football. I'm not as in – I don't really follow football as much. I'm a big basketball guy. But um, I do when I'm involved and there's money on the line. And so uh, I shared your video with all my buddies in my fantasy football league and some of my other friends. And uh, they thought it was hilarious. They loved it. I think they're probably watching it regular too. So well, what yes, was this, yes, what was yes, that? Yes, yesterday, my best friend Kenneth and I put one out previewing Mississippi State next week, and he loves Florida State. And uh, somebody <laughs> commented on my YouTube that he loved watching us with our Southern accents. We sounded like two banjo players going back and forth <laughs> in a duel. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that's one way to put it. I. Uh, what he said. Uh, what was the sponsor you're wanting to that's wanting you to promote? This company, they have a of course at Mississippi State, we ring cowbells. I mean, that, that's what we do, that is our thing. And there's a company who has developed a little mini helmet with a cowbell in it, and it's just ideal for little kids. I mean, I can see I would buy one, you know, I, I and I, grown men will probably buy them, but I can for sure see buying them for your kids. You know, at Christmas time and all. I mean, it's small enough they can, a kid can't hold a big cowbell. This is a little mini helmet. They can grab it by the face mask and ring it, and it and it's a cowbell. So, uh, and you know, at Mississippi State, you can bring the cowbells into the stadium. Most of the road teams won't let us do it, but you can bring it into the stadium. So, I, I think uh, that's a good seller. So, I was just sitting here minding my own business, and this guy reached out to me and he said, "Look, I've looked at your Mississippi State channel." And I have this cowbell helmet. It's licensed by the university, so it's all legit. And he he's actually out of Dallas. He's not a Mississippi State guy, but he invented this. He's invented multiple things. This is one of them. And he said, can I sponsor this on your channel? So I, think uh, I have awesome. not yet come to an agreement with him, but that'll be coming soon. So that, that, that just opened my eyes, too. That was the long-term vision, you know, make money off of it through ad revenue and whatnot. Uh, I did not expect it. So I didn't expect it a month in. I figured that would come a year from now. So uh, to get that, you know, get that call a month in, you know, kind of open my eyes to, hey, maybe I can monetize this thing. Well, I tell you, um, of YouTube channels out there, because my kids watch a lot of them. They want to start their own. My son has one that he plays music on. 
but the the more unique the person is and the crazier sometimes they get on a video, the more views you end up getting and you go viral and all of a sudden, you know, I mean, there's kids out there that make millions of dollars a year just playing with uh, toys on YouTube. Oh, so you never know. A, uh, the Saints played, uh, uh, who was it? that We got cheated last weekend against Minnesota. Not this weekend, but last weekend. And, and I mean, the flat, they just flat got cheated. There was two horrible calls in the game. I got on the show and, and said, hey, the Saints got cheated today and did a rant. That video's got 4,400 views. Let me go look. I was shocked. I mean, uh, remember, I just started this. The 4,478 views. It got 147 comments, 249 likes. So I'm learning the more comments and likes you get, YouTube pushes you up, you know, pushes you up the list. Even if people say, hey, I hate this, YouTube just <laughs> registers that as a comment. <clears throat> so anyway, that uh, 4,478 uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the one thing I've noticed, people watch more when we lose than when we win because I guess they're more frustrated. <laughs> you know, Saints won yesterday. I put out one on them winning, and it's only got three or 400 views. So for whatever the reason, people, I guess when they lose, they're searching for ways to vent better. I don't know. Well, I, I'm kind of looking forward to what you're going to say after they play UK. Mississippi State plays UK on Saturday. I'll be at the game. I'm sad you're not going to be there, but uh, we need a win bad. We've had two losses. In okay. Yeah, Kentucky. You know, I think Mississippi State will win. Kentucky has not been able to move it on us the last two times they played us. They beat us once, but uh, our defense tends to control y'all, and our offense is playing good. You know, the problem with us is, as we saw at LSU, a Mike Leach team, if you drop a bunch of passes, LSU, we drop five passes for first downs, and you can't do that when you're throwing the ball every play. But he's been running a lot lately. So I think for Kentucky to beat us, you're going to have to stop our run. As, as strange as that sounds with Mike Leach, who throws it every play, uh, we have ran the ball against Arkansas and Texas A&M for over 100 yards both games. I think you're going to have to stop our run. Well, with Kentucky sports as a whole, and it really comes down to basketball and football both. But this will be the first football game I've ever gone to, if you can believe that. First UK, oh, not not first football game. I used to go to pro football games all the time. I'd drive to Atlanta or St. Louis, Nashville, Indianapolis. I live close enough to all those. I'd go to pro football games all the time. And I've been to hundreds of UK basketball games. And as a UK basketball fan, I mean, there's this, this stigma that if we get too big for our britches, we get a good a ranking. Uh we brag a little bit and say, oh, we could go undefeated. Well, guess the hell. It's always the next week we lose, whether it's basketball or football. And that happened this year with football. And part of it, I think, is their egos got a little too big. You know, they got touted a little bit, got, got that high ranking for a minute. And now it's gotten in their heads because that's a big thing with sports. You can get in your head just as easy as, as be physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all were number seven and went to Ole Miss and fumbled twice for two minutes left. You could have beat them. Yep. And then – Quarterback was hurt, so I'm not South Carolina wouldn't have beat you with him. I don't know if he's playing Saturday, but but you know, state after you, we've got Alabama. So you know, the one thing I worry about is maybe we're, all, we're already looking forward to that. I hope not because we've got a lot of better chance to beat Kentucky. But I, I do I, I do think we will beat Kentucky Saturday night. We'll see. Well, would you one one you, thing for sure? I know could be a money maker on YouTube. I've already seen would be if you did a Kentucky basketball show. Those fans are crazy over basketball. Yeah. And, I'm not the guy to do that because I'm not a Kentucky fan. I'm probably the guy to do it if you want somebody to criticize Cal Perry because I don't <laughs> mind criticizing him when he loses games he should win. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that'll be in a year or two. We'll start us a Kentucky – I had to get one of you true Kentuckians to do a Kentucky basketball. You know, the funny thing is there's a lot of podcasters out there for all these teams. Like Mississippi State's got three or four podcasters. 
it's hardly anybody got into the YouTube yet. This is like yeah. the first year there's a lot of YouTube sports people. I don't think there's a Kentucky YouTube sports people. You've got mm -hmm. podcasts and Matt Jones and all them. And so anyway, but now that I've started this, I've been looking around. Matter of fact, yesterday, a guy who's running a YouTube for Alabama uh, called me and said, or emailed me and said, can I get you to preview the Alabama-Mississippi State game? I'd like you to represent Mississippi State, and I'll represent Alabama. And uh, but these are all new YouTube channels. It's like th this year the sports YouTube's just taking off. Well, and I think it's a good thing. Now, my question for you is: Would you take a loss for Mississippi State against Kentucky if you knew it would galvanize your team to beat Alabama? Yes, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, if we lose to Kentucky and beat Alabama, nobody cares. All right. We have not beat Alabama in I don't know ten or eleven years. Alabama did not look good against the AM. They didn't look good against Texas. If we were playing them in Starkville, I actually think we'd have a fine shot to beat them over there. Probably not. But this team has a puncher's chance. I mean, whereas the old teams did not. Well, the channel's not really for economic developers. It's for everybody, the way I see it. And so how can yeah. people find it? Well, uh, prob I have not named it the right thing yet. The, the name has not occurred to me yet. You know, like with Next Move Group, Alex and I were just sitting around thinking of names. We went through – 50 bad names we were once going to be value added associates <laughs> and then and then next move group just hit us so i have not named this thing right yet so probably the best way is google chad chancellor new orleans saints because i've got the most followers on the saints right now imagine if you did that well you'd have to do it in youtube if you went to youtube and put in chad chancellor new orleans saints it'll come up once i think of what actually to name this i will let you know and you can share it with everybody but no it's not for economic developers purposely now it is if you if you love sports, uh, uh, you know, then it is for economic developers. Or if you were like me and you want to lose weight, because I am going to get into the keto diet stuff in it. I hadn't done a show on that yet, but I'm going to. Um, so if you want to lose weight or you like sports, yes, it's for you. But no, I'm purposely targeting it, not for economic developers. I mean, I want to build a whole different audience. We've already got our economic development audience. That's the next move group. That's fine. I want to build a different audience. You know, and who knows the the economy? I'm worried about it. Of course, we're talking football, so we don't want to get too too uh, uh, serious here. But I, I am worried about the recession coming, the economy. So my idea with this is build a totally non-related whatsoever model. That way, if something happened to either one of them, I've got the other one. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I get that. So you know, dive a little more into why you're starting it right now. Well, it, uh, back to Goldman Sachs. Uh, the first day of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program, they made us uh, write an exit strategy, and it blew my mind. I couldn't do it. I had to I had to take it home and do it the next week. Uh, I had never once considered starting that, uh, an exit strategy. And I said, well, I don't know that I ever want to sell my company. They said, well, you still need an exit strategy um, in the event that, you know, what if you get disabled? You can't make the company all about you. You'll never be able to sell the company if it's all about you. So for five years, 2017, that was. Roughly right now, I think I started that program in September, October. So five years I've been thinking about it. Last August of 2021, Alex and I decided that this is what we wanted to do, that we wanted to have staff to run Next Move Group. We serve as the board of directors. No different than these listeners out here have a board of directors who, you know, run their economic development. You know, they had to meet with them once a month, and other than that, they run it, so to speak. We actually met with a business consultant 
over Zoom, and he said it's going to take you six months. You're going to have to do six months of hard work for you to be able to step out of it. He and I both. Now, I don't know what he's going to do as far as other businesses. He, you know, he doesn't have anything to do with his sports channel. He don't have anything to do with keto. He don't have to. He, he's been skinny all his life, so he don't have to lose weight <laughs> like the rest of us. Uh, trying to come to find out, it took a year. I thought it would take three months of hard work. I thought that consultant uh, was lying to us. Well, not only was he right, it took twelve months of hard work, and part of that was getting you and Ivy on board. Now, I think you're the right person to run the company. So anyway, this was our vision more than a year ago to have staff to run it. Uh, you have landed us more site selection clients in your first four months on the job or however long you've been here, uh, six months now, I guess, um, you've landed us more site selection clients than we landed for the last five years combined. And we even had a site selector guild member on our team. I mean, you have landed us five or six. We usually do one siding a year. That's kind of our average. You, you've got us five or six or seven right now. Uh, so I think, you know, you can grow that side of the business. On our executive search sales process, we have a process now that makes those sales without me. I still do the sales Zoom sometimes, but that process seems to be rolling. So we have worked really hard to build all these processes that Goldman Sachs, you know, taught us to do. So I think the infrastructure is there for this company to run. I will still be involved, uh, you know, as the chairman of the board, so to speak. But I think uh, you and Ivy are the right people to run it going forward. And um, what Goldman Sachs really teaches you to do is build a business that you can value it and sell it if you ever want to. And I've never wanted to sell next move. That's never been my, my goal was always step out of it like this. Uh, step out of it is the wrong word. I'm still going to be involved. My goal is to be more of a passive owner than the day-to-day, -day, you know, running of the company. That's what we got you for. My goal is to be a passive owner. Funny, one of our first uh, site selection clients was a company called Redguard out of Wichita, Kansas, and their owner was named Jeff Lang. He's if you read up on him, he's one of the most successful entrepreneurs in Kansas. And uh, I, when I at the time it was just Alex and I, you know, no employees. And, and as I was meeting with him, he bought into what we were doing right out of the bat. Great guy, but great entrepreneur. So I always like to talk to him. And he said, you know, Chad, I think in ten and twenty and thirty year out term. And I said, man, I, I, I can't afford to do it. I have to think about how do we make payroll this month? I, I think about month by month by month. He said, you, you'll get to a point to where you'll have staff do that, and, and you can think about 10, 20, and 30 years. He said, you'll know it when you get there. That was in 2014. I didn't believe him. I didn't think that would happen. That's kind of where we are now. Uh, I'm to the point now I can think more big picture. Where do we want to go and, and not have to think about the day-to-day. -day. Now, I have to think about the day-to-day -day right now because we've got two or three clients paying us late. But other than that, uh, for the most part, I can think about the big picture. But I could actually sell this business now. You know, Who knows? Maybe one day you want to buy it. Two years ago, I couldn't sell this business because it totally revolved around me. I mean, it did. And I'm not saying that as a compliment. That was a mistake. It totally revolved around you. Who would have bought it? Why would you have bought my business yeah. unless you just wanted us gone? I wasn't in it. Now, I'm telling you right now, you could sell parts of this business, if not the whole thing. I could sell the site selection side of it. You're doing nearly all of that anyway. I think I could probably sell the executive search side of it, you know, if you needed to. Now, that's not my vision. That's not my goal. My goal is to, you know, make dividend income off this. No different than if you own, you know, stocks of Berkshire Hathaway. Um but we have built enough processes now to where it does not revolve around me, thank God.
Well, I agree, you know, and, and we, we talked about site selection exec search, but I think our economic development products are changing in a good way to where we've beefed those up. We've, we've developed some new product offerings for a lot of our clients, which is in response to what they've been needing lately. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, and we've got so many uh, clients that we're working with right now on the economic development side as well. I think that that side of it too, over the next six months is going to get to the point uh, to where our site selection and exec search is at. Oh, I totally agree. So what inspired you to start the the channel? Well, uh, I told my mother I was going, so I just started it literally the day the Saints won at the buzzer. You and Ivy were actually coming down here. I did not intend to start this channel and they had a huge comeback. I had thought about, let me, let me take that back. I knew that I wanted to start something in January of, of the coming year. That's been my goal. As I told you the day you started, that has been my goal all along. It's also Alex's is that in January, you know, we want to be passive, be here when you need us, but you really run the company. So, I had in my mind, I want to do something in January. And this was rattling around in my mind. Uh, uh, but then all of a sudden that happened on the Saints. I fired the camera up and away I went. It just kind of happened. And uh, well, anyway, I told my mother I was doing it. And uh, she said, well, you've ever since you were four years old, you've run around talking about sports, you know, griping, moaning, you know, whatever she said. She said, so you might do good at that. And the fun thing is, you know, I got in this business in 2004. And I, I advanced rapidly, but I was always very serious about it, very intense, as you well know. Uh, so, you know, for the last, what, 18 years, I have been very serious about my career, about economic development. I, I, I didn't do, I took it seriously, probably too seriously at times. And that kind of will burn you out at times. And, you know, since we started our business in 2014, everything we've done has had to be very serious. Uh, even if we didn't take ourselves too seriously. I mean, you know, executive searches, that's serious business, all this stuff. The fun thing with this is for the first time ever, I can actually be not serious. <laughs> I mean, I want to build a serious business, but, you know, when you get on there complaining the Saints got cheated, that's not, you know, you can be fun with it. That's not serious. So it's almost like a breath of fresh air, a new side of my brain that I can let loose. And so that that is fun to me. Uh, oh, now, on the weight loss side, I am serious about that. You know, I was heavy all my life there in Paducah. I got to working out a little bit and, and got down to where I probably wasn't obese, but I was always heavy. Even as a little kid, I was heavy. And uh, uh, I, I never knew uh, on this keto diet. Now, it worked for me. I don't know that it worked for everybody, but it did work for me. I, I never knew that you could eat lots of bacon and fat and lose weight without exercise. I never knew that. I never knew you could drink alcohol so long as you drunk the right thing. And, and could lose weight without exercising. I've never been a big exerciser. Hadn't had a lot of time for it because I've been so career oriented. I go back home now to rural Mississippi and we'll go eat, you know, at the fish catfish house or steakhouse or whatever. And, and I look around and everybody there is obese. I don't mean my family. I mean, the, I just look around and people don't know. Uh, my great grandmother used to cook everything in bacon grease, everything. And she was skinny as a bone. <laughs> and you know at, at some point in time we switched over to eating lots of carbohydrates and now, now she would eat vegetables and all but you know we got into eating all this sugary stuff and i and i look back but anyway when i go home and go to a, a, a restaurant and all and look around most people in rural mississippi where i'm from are obese and i'm not sure that they know that hey if, if you just cut out the carbs and you eat a bunch of bacon and a bunch of eggs and a bunch of steak which a lot of country people like to do 
you might can lose weight and not have to go exercise. I'm not sure they know that. So on the weight loss side, I'm very serious about that. Matter of fact, I'm going to get a nutrition certification so that I can learn even more about, you know, fats and proteins and carbs. And I can, you know, have a little bit of validity behind what I'm saying. I don't want to just get on there and give people bad advice. So I'm actually going to do that get a nutrition certification. So it's going to take me a while to build out the keto side of it. Cause I, I won't, I don't want to give people bad advice, but I lost, uh, I actually lost 50 pounds. I gained about 10 during Mardi Gras for our people who came to our Mardi Gras, uh, cause that's all carbohydrates. Uh, but anyway, my blood work is perfect. My cholesterol is, and I've been doing this two years now. My cholesterol is perfect, which all my, hope everybody said, Oh, if you don't eat nothing but meat, your cholesterol is going to be high. My doctor said it was perfect. My blood sugar is perfect. So what I do want to do with that side of the channel, and look, I'm doing Mississippi State and the New Orleans Saints is my sports teams. Well, most all Mississippi State and New Orleans Saints fans are fat. I mean, I mean we're in that same <laughs> demographic. So I, I wanted to expose them <clears throat> to what has worked for me, not from the weight side. I don't care what I weigh, honestly. What I care about is that doctor said, your sugar's good, your cholesterol's good, all them numbers that they do. And so at some point in time on that side, I do want to expose people to uh, maybe parts of the keto diet they might not know. And and coming from somebody who did it, that's common sense. I did not go work out. You know, you watch these weight loss programs and you'll see these models who work out all day every day. Rural country people are not going to do that. Rural country people don't have a gym to go join. Or if they're 50 years old or older, they're not going to go join the gym. If they do, they're just going to walk the treadmill, you know. But if you convince them you might can lose weight from eating bacon and eggs all day, they might do that. And so I'm interested in that part, which is somewhat like my economic development. So, you know, my interest in economic development is my dad lost his job when I was a kid in rural Mississippi. They moved to a plant overseas. This is no different. I mean, if I could help rural Mississippians make their cholesterol better or sugar better or something, that's something that interests me and motivates me. It really comes from the same place as I can already develop, but just a little different angle. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my buildings and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So what sense did it make for me to not put my buildings and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my bills and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook. It walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most, it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other builders and sites databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo and see if this can help your community have more success. So what is your vision for it, for the channel long-term? Well, what I want to do really is build out kind of two divisions of it. One is the sports side, because that's something I'm passionate about. I love doing it. It's fun to me. You know, it's, you can work and actually have fun. Uh, so I enjoy that side of it. I don't want to be serious about it. A lot of the Mississippi State podcasters 
are very serious about it. They want to break down the defense we run, not me. I want to look at the game and react. I mean, that's what I want to do. Uh, so on that side of it, I just want to build that out. I am worried Mississippi State's not a big basketball team, so what in the world am I going to talk about after football until baseball starts? <laughs> I mean, maybe we will have to do Kentucky basketball. But yeah, on the uh, on the on the keto side, what I want to do uh, as I get my nutrition certification, I want to uh, show people the keto way of life and eating, and show my results, blood test wise. Uh, uh, so they can just flat out see that I'm, you know, I'm not going to promise it works for everybody. Matter of fact, I have actually read it works better for men than women for whatever reason. I don't know why that is, but it just flat out worked for me. So anyway, I would like to, you know, just expose, you know, people now in rural Mississippi have internet. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, fast, my mother and father live down a country road. I thought they'd be the last people to get high speed internet and they now have high speed. Internet. They can watch YouTube. So you have a lot of people in rural Mississippi who have never been exposed. I had never heard of the keto diet till two years ago when I found it on YouTube my own self. And, uh, uh, and it's improved my quality of life tremendously. And so I think now you have those people now finding their way. And uh, what I would like to do, for me, I didn't work out doing it. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I rather had worked out. I think working out is even more healthy. I did not. Didn't have the time, didn't have the interest. I, I, I mean, I worked out zero. Once in a while, I might go for a walk or something and and still lost the weight and more importantly, got my blood sugar and all that stuff where it's supposed to be. And so I, I think we so often hear, you got to work out, you got to work out, you got to, and I think you do need to work out. I'm not saying you don't, but for the people out there who that's, they're just not going to do that, I would at least like them to know there might be an alternative that can help. Them. Yeah. Well, you know, that's something that I, I did uh, for myself. And, you know, the diet's part of it, you know, when you're working out, you got to have a lot of protein when you're hitting the weights. But, you know, for me, on the, on the, on the opposite side of it, if let's say I have a big week at a Mardi Gras or I go for a weekend of maybe Keeneland and a football game, <laughs> like I'm doing this weekend, I don't have a big spike in my weight change. And that really has to do with the fact that I've spent a year and a half, you know, building a lot of muscle through working out, but not everybody can do that. And you got to get up early to, you know, if you're going to do that and, you know, work your job, work your career appropriately, you have to get up early in the morning or, or do it late at night to be able to get that in. And so you're right. It's not for everybody. Not everybody can fit that into their schedule and not everybody will do it consistently. So. And I have it on my to-do list to do it. I have on my to-do list to start working out. You know, I live on the beach now and I love walking down the beach and there's no reason not to do it, but I just hadn't got myself in that habit. And uh, you're right. When you do the keto, the only problem is with it. If you all of a sudden eat a bunch of carbs, you'll gain 10 pounds in a week. Like I did at Mardi Gras. That is the problem with it. Whereas if you're working out, you won't. But uh, again, what really interests me most when I went to see my doctor, I wish now I had had my blood work done when I was at my heaviest. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't think about it, but, but at my heaviest, my uh, feet, my socks would leave a little indention on my ankles because I had fluid, you know, at the bottom of my legs or whatever. And yep. I had to buy diabetic socks. Now I don't know that I was a diabetic. I didn't have it tested, but I mean, that was a, something I noticed. And now oh, that's no problem whatsoever. But, but when I went to the doctor last year uh, for my 40th birthday checkup, he said, you literally are as, as healthy of a 40-year-old I've ever seen in my life. He said, you're more healthy than some of these athletes that I've tested from time to time. I was shocked. 
because <laughs> you know you saw me at my heaviest. You know I like to take a drink from time to time. Uh, I, I've lived a pretty stressful life, which ain't good for you. Uh, and so uh, I was shocked when he told me that. That's what really opened my eyes. So what I'm going to do is check that every year, and maybe that can help other people, you know, particularly in the rural parts. Because, again, rural people are not going to respond to some uh, a fitness model, you know, that works out three hours a day. They're, they're not going to do that. And rural people are also somewhat hesitant to listen to so-called experts. But I do think they might listen to me because I did it. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to get on there. And, and, and I'm still overweight, to be honest, if you look at the charts. But I'm not obese anymore. You know, so I think I can show them, you know, here is a way to do it. Well, a lot of people are out there looking for self-help, especially after post-2020 and COVID. And, and a lot of people got into self-help. And I think it's a good time for someone like you to be putting something out there. That I've not seen a lot of that's content. I've not seen a whole lot of from someone that's practical and, and really hits specific demographics on what, what exactly they need to do to help themselves. And I think there's a market there for that too. Well, you and, think about it, it's the same mission as the, as next move to yeah. help the folks in the small to mid-sized community. Just now I'm looking at the nutrition side rather than the other side, which is way different from sports, but you know, I have I have interest in both, so that's how we're going yeah. to build that out. But but I want to build that business to be a business of its own. I want it to be location independent, so I can go wherever I want and turn my video on if I'm overseas and, and can record a video because I want it to be very different from Next Move. Well, we talked about your vision and your your role going forward for Next Move, but what do you think you've learned? In your experience at Next Move Group makes you think you can start and and make this business successful. What I have learned. And this, well, two things. One, the more authentic I am, the more people have responded to me in Next Move. You know, when we first started, I wanted to show that we were big and bad like all the other consultants. And we, uh, you know, we, we, we were very buttoned up. And I mean, I kind of, because that was that model. I have learned with these videos, the more that I'm myself and don't try to be anything other than I am, people respond to that. People respond to being authentic. And so I think on the uh, on the YouTube side, they'll respond to that as well. Um, doing the movement shows we've done, I've learned you can do these videos for not a lot of money. I mean, you know, we have somebody edits them for five or $10 and, you know, you, you can, you can start this thing without a lot of money. So I'm not going to have a lot of overhead expense, not a lot of employees and all from that standpoint. So while it may make less money, it may be more cash at the end of the day. And uh, what Goldman Sachs taught us was how to evaluate every opportunity on its own within a business. So before Goldman Sachs, I tried to grow our whole business, all of the next move. And they said, that's not the way you do it. They said, how you grow a business is one of four ways, and only one of four ways. You sell new products to old customers. So let's say you've got a restaurant, but you've never offered dessert. You start off a dessert to be. You sell old products to old customers. You just have come up with some way to get them to buy from you more often. You sell new products to new customers. Totally new product, totally new customer. That's what I'm doing with this, by the way. You know, those are the ways that you can grow a business. Or you sell new products to old customers. I don't know. New to old, new to new, old to old, old to new. However I got. Uh, so anyway, they taught us to think like that with every single opportunity. So whereas I used to think about how do we grow next move, then I started thinking about, okay, how do we sell more executive searches to a new customer line? Or how do we sell more economic development products to an old customer line. That's how they got me to think it. Well, that will all work with my new business because it'll work with any business. I mean, if you put me running the bank, that's how I would run the bank. So I think everything they taught us um, 
gets us there. And as you know, uh, for the last, ever since we started growing like this, I haven't done a lot of the economic development work. I've done some of it, but I've, I've mainly had staff do all. So I really haven't done a lot of economic development work now in three or four years because I've been doing more of the growing the business than down in the grunt work. And I think learning all that, I'll be able to do in this new company. Yeah. Well, I agree with you too on being authentic. I think we saw that at ACT because, you know, one of the things that, that I was focused on was, you know, you talked about being buttoned up and, and presenting yourself in a certain professional manner and, and all this, but I think you're right about being authentic. Uh, and we saw that at the ACT Workforce Summit after our talk, because, you know, the biggest compliments we got from the folks there was authenticity, being real and talking about our backgrounds and stuff like that. I mean, people really respond to that. You can be professional and authentic at the same time. And mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think we figured out how to do that. And uh, so I'm going to take that to the other side. I will certainly be that way with the keto diet stuff because I don't want to give anybody bad advice. But on the sports stuff, the fun part of it is I don't have to be as professional. <laughs> I can be fun, <laughs> let my hair down, which uh, which I like to do. Well, I had a, uh, a side business idea for myself uh, sitting there having a bourbon last night. So I'll, uh, I'll fill you in on that one of these days uh, when I flesh it out more. But um, well, at any what rate. Goldman Sachs taught us is, you know, you may. So I think the theory behind the Goldman Sachs program, and we've talked about in our movement, if people want to learn about it, I, I love talking about it. So their theory was to grow the economy. You know, their mission was to grow the economy with small business. Their theory was a successful entrepreneur if they've learned because you know we're eight years into this and we've made a lot of mistakes you learn i think their theory was when i look back let's teach these successful entrepreneurs to go start more businesses because the more of them you start assuming they go well and 50 you know a lot of businesses fail and my new one might fail who knows but the more you start assuming they go that's more employees you know, who knows? Maybe I'll have one day have staff in this new company. I don't know. That's more tax revenue. So I think their theory is take entrepreneurs and get them to start multiple businesses, which is mm -hmm. something I'm telling you I had never once thought of in my whole life till I did that program. And so now, you know, I'd like to one day own 10 or 20 for all I know. We'll see as we go. Well, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a good idea. Um, I've obviously been watching your YouTube channel, showed it to my kids even. They laughed quite a bit, especially on your first one, that Saints one. So um, I think, uh, you know, I probably our, our customer base, certainly our client base is very excited for you and, and excited for what Next Move Group is doing. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast with me this week. I think I'm recording three podcasts this week, so you may end up being this Thursdays. But at any rate, um, you know, hopefully uh, we'll hear from you again. We'll have to have you on and, and do a check-in with Chad. Uh, on a regular basis uh, on the podcast still so yeah i'll do a check-in and uh you know the, uh, I, I, when i have my physical done every february because that's my birthday so i want to see this february you know is my cholesterol still i've, I've always told people if suddenly my cholesterol is too high because i'm eating too much meat because i've been doing this for two years now i will immediately change course but if it's perfect i'm not changing course <laughs> so yeah. i will be happy <laughs> to come back then and, and i do want to tell people Next move is uh, we're up about 20% this year. So we grew 40% the last three years, and we're growing another 20% this year. And so uh, one of the reasons that we're doing this is the company is, is scaling a lot due to years and Ivy's work, Alex's work. He's done a lot getting us executive searches and our staff, the whole staff, Caroline, Allison, and Brittany. Uh, and so, you know, if we were, uh, if we were losing money, if we were going in the right direction, I wouldn't be able to do this. It's not like I'm, 
you know, economic developers, and I used to be this way because I had never owned multiple businesses. I often thought, you don't see many site selectors that own more than one business. I, I, you just don't think about that. And I didn't either until mm -hmm. Goldman Sachs did it. So when we started talking about stepping out a year or so ago, a few people said, well, are you closing next move? Is it not going good or whatever? It's T totally the opposite. <laughs> no, it's not. T totally the opposite. It's like taking an airplane off. We got in the air now. It can fly on its own a little bit on autopilot with you at the helm. And so uh, the reason that we're that I'm able to do this is uh, because our revenue has grown and, and the company's doing well, and this is what the vision is. Now, I will still be involved for our movement members. They really are our core customers. We've got over 200 of them where we do a video every week for them. I will continue doing them. I won't do 100%. You might do a few, but I'll probably do 80 or 90%. So I don't want them to think at all that I go have access to me. They will. Uh, you know, so that part will continue. But this kind of is the vision, you know, all along is to uh, become more of the chairman of the board and uh, let you I, I hope I won't be as hard to deal with as a lot of these board members are for these economic developers, but you never know. Well, I think uh, I think that's a good thing uh, with our movement members. And and honestly, we're getting close to 300 now on the movement side, which is tremendous. And um, I, I hope that continues to grow and we're continuing to put out more content for them on a, on a regular basis, especially with everything in flux like it is in the economy right now in the market. I think, uh, you know, more now, now more than ever, a lot of uh, folks need that type of education and training that's coming out once a week. Yeah. And, you know, the fun thing with the keto diet and the sports. If you just want to tie it to economic development, I think you would agree the reason for my success, and I hadn't asked you this, but but I think you would agree, in both economic development and business, two reasons. Passionate about it, and I am highly competitive. <laughs> well, that's the thing I love about sports. It is competitive. You go out there. I mean, that's what I love about it. I mean, Mississippi State and Kentucky is going to compete Saturday night. I mean, I love that. And even the keto diet is competitive to your own self. To me, you know, when I started out at 270, how fast I can get to 260, how fast I can get to 250, how, you know what I'm saying? It brings out that whole competitive side. So I, I think what made me successful in economic development and next move is passion and being competitive. Man, that's ate up when you start getting into diet, weight loss, and sports. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, since we're talking about Kentucky, Mississippi State, I'm going to make sure that this one comes out this Thursday. And uh, I have a prediction for Saturday. I think that it will be a tight game that Kentucky pulls out at the end. But if Mississippi State beats Kentucky, and that's three losses in a row, I think it derails the entire season. I think they'll have a hard time recovering from it mentally as a team. I do, too, because you still got to play Georgia. Yep. And so, yeah, you might end up eight, four, seven, and five, you know, seven and five. Yeah. But if State can beat Kentucky, See, the bad part with our season, they gave us Georgia and Alabama this year, uh, which, you know, other than Tennessee, I don't think anybody else has to play both of them. And, uh, you know, and they're certainly the best two teams in the country. So we're probably going to lose both of them. But if we happen to upset one, and maybe if we lose to a both but win all the rest and go nine and three, we might go to the Sugar Bowl. That's always been my dream with Mississippi State is I want to see us play in the Sugar Bowl. You know, I lived in New Orleans for years. We've never made it. Ole Miss has made it a time or two. We've never been good enough for the Sugar Bowl. So I, I, we don't have to win a national title for me to be happy. I want us to make the Sugar Bowl. And I think if we, you know, that'd be a fun weekend in New Orleans, New Year's Eve, all the Mississippi State people. Uh, uh, so I think that if we win, if we beat y'all this week, we're in line. As long as we, uh, you know, don't lose a, a bad one, we might make the Sugar Bowl. 
Well, I uh, I certainly hope that you don't beat us this week. <laughs> I hope that Kentucky gets their season back on track. But if, if they don't, if they don't do it this weekend, I think uh, it's lights out. But I do think that there's a possibility that if Mississippi State loses a close one to Kentucky, it could galvanize the team and make them play really, really well against Alabama. Well, I agree with that. And let me say this, because I am worried about what am I going to talk about on my new channel. Uh, and by the way, I formed a new LLC for it. I've got a domain name I bought. So, I mean, it's its own business. I mean, it's its, its own business, so everybody knows. But anyway, uh, I'm worried I'm not going to have anything to talk about after football season. Uh, uh, well, Kentucky basketball is rabbit. So, I will start this just in case we want to go down that road. Well, all of John Calipari, for all of John Calipari's credits, he has had horrible losses the last three or four years. I mean, yeah, he has. I think you you make your channel Chad's Rants, maybe call it Chance, and then you can just talk about whatever, not just Mississippi State, New Orleans. You can get on there and talk about, about Calipari. <laughs> because I watch Kentucky because of all of y'all and living up there. I watch them, and Alex will tell you I actually root for them at times. I mean, if they're not playing at that SEC tournament, I usually root for Kentucky when they're not playing <laughs> us. And but But Cal has had horrible losses, and then – uh, and I don't understand it because he still recruits as good as he ever did. I don't know what's going on there. And so, yeah, maybe I'll have to rant about that if he continues losing some of these horrible games. Well, I have my thoughts on it, but I'll save that for when I do some podcasts this fall about uh, UK basketball. Well, he's a great guy. You know, he, he raised a lot of money for the Western Kentucky tornado, raised a lot of money for the floods in Eastern Kentucky. I know you yeah. said you walked over to him at a restaurant. And he's not, he's a great guy. Uh, but boy, he, you know, just here lately is as good a machine as he built here lately. Something's been off with him. Yeah. I had an economic development prospect, uh, that was coming to East Kentucky when I was over there and, um, uh, took them to Tony's before their flight the next morning out of Lexington. Great steakhouse, by the way, if you're ever in Lexington, it's a place to go. And Calipari, it was late at night. It was about nine o'clock. Calipari comes into the corner. Well, the thing that happened was about a month earlier, I had that group, same group over in uh, Pikeville doing a site visit. And Calipari was there speaking at something. And I went up and grabbed him and said, hey, why don't you come help me sell these people I'm putting in the facility here? <laughs> he did. He did a great sales pitch to him, And then right. came over and hung out with him at dinner. He has the Kentucky people know this, but if you're not in Kentucky, you probably wouldn't know of every time there's a disaster like that tornado or those floods. I mean, he gets the team out helping. He raises money. He'll have a special game and donate all the money. I mean, he is really good at all that stuff. Well, um, look, I think I think he's going to have an interesting season ahead of him. It's going to uh, probably shape how Kentucky basketball looks going forward, especially some of the little uh, comments that were made prior to the season because I know UK wants a new practice facility and the football team got one. So it could be an interesting year based on how football continues to go and how basketball performs as to what happens with Kentucky's athletics going forward. Yeah, well, they're always good, so we'll see. All right. Well, look, thanks for being on the podcast. I'll catch you again soon. I'm sure we'll talk again sometime today. <laughs> All right. Sounds thanks. good. Bye.